0: You're listening to Con Air Radio. We are back on the air. And uh, let's see, we're talking about Game On Expo. It's been a little while since we've actually uh, talked about this.
1: Yes, it has.
0: So, uh, of course, I'm uh, I'm Jared, the co-host here. Of course, we also have uh, the lovely Miss Amy. Hello. And, of course, the host of Con Air Radio, RTAB.
1: Yes, that's me. <laughs> All right.
0: So uh so what have you guys been doing since uh since Game On Expo, which was uh, as of recording this 3 weeks ago?
2: Yesterday I saw the brand new Rob Zombie movie. Ooh. How how was that? It was pretty good actually. I I uh I kind of kn- you can tell by the preview a lot of what's going to happen. Um so I kind of knew the outcome, but you know, it's typical scary like freaky clowns and pretty gory and t-
0: typical Rob Zombie.
2: Right, yeah, and his wife is is in it, and she's As always. she's the star. Yeah, she's adorable.
1: Let, let me guess, it's one of those um people scream, the good looking chick usually dies first. Um. <laughs> no, actually, <the> g-
2: <laughs> Rob likes to keep his wife alive. Oh, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a standard horror setup. <laughs> like, oh, they're gone.
0: Um, let's see, what, what have you been doing, Robert?
1: actually not a whole heck of a lot been working um, setting up other podcast stuff and um, trying to set up a nice little project that's coming up in uh, in November but uh, it's gonna be kind of hush-hush because <laughs> it may fall apart <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's always uh, mm. you know always something to, you got to be careful of with just about anything you like to know <laughs> yes. um, I'm've I've just been you know working trying to work you know all that fun stuff uh, actually I just got called today I got a uh, an interview set up for um the new uh, aquarium that's actually open up out here in Scottsdale. Uh, in Scottsdale. Oh, I actually cool. have an interview. I might might be a photographer for there. Sweet! So that's, I hope that floats for you. a
2: killer job! I know.
0: I I, I saw it on uh, on Craigslist the other day. I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna go on a whim here. I'll I'll try it out. And they call me today. They're like, Yeah, come on in Tuesday, 1:30. We'll uh, get the full interview and. See what see what we can do for it. Because that, that opens up actually tomorrow. Like the the first day it's officially open. Wow. So, so I, cool. you're
2: going to have to hook up with the free passes. Oh, though. yeah. Ooh, definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my my fiance's stoked. She actually, she's like, I want to go in and I want to touch a penguin. I <laughs> want to <wanna> touch <laughs> a
3: penguin. <Wanna laughs> touch I just penguin. want to touch one. That just doesn't Aww. sound right. I don't know why. <laughs> she wants to touch a penguin. Oh.
1: She's <laughs> got <laughs> a Snorlax. Why does she need a penguin?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is true. That is true. <laughs> Um, actually, I used some of that uh, that fabric that we had left over to make uh, Snorlax ears for my next Snorlax costume. Saw that. Yeah, she's actually doing the, uh, the J-Pop Jigglypuff, and I'm her producer, Snorlax. Uh, and I actually have to go out. I have to get a, a briefcase, and I'm going to see if I can embroider it, on it to say uh, Sleepy Mon Productions. So, Aww. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's so that, that's, 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 that's our plan. That's actually for... Uh, that's so cool. We're actually planning that for Keen Halloween... Sweet. Which is coming up next month. Yes. And uh, well, we, we got media passes for it. Oh, that's so we, awesome. We
1: do have passes. We're going to be there. We're going to be checking it out. It's going to be a little unusual. Cause it's going to be, uh, it's not the normal con. It's mostly uh, like panels. And mm. it's, uh, it's very kid-friendly, family-friendly. So. I think I read that, yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it should
1: be great. Halloween is the best ho- holiday ever. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: It's, I, I think it should become a gift-giving holiday. It's a, that's like a a Charlie holiday. Brown. Don't yeah. you
2: remember they had a, that episode of the Peanuts where the Great Pumpkin came? That's right. And he brought presents.
0: That, that would actually be cool to actually adapt for like a stage show. That, actually yep. that would awesome. be interesting. That would mm-hmm.
2: be kind of cool. Do the Great Pumpkin. Yeah. Just redo it. We call it my mother used stuff. to actually bring me presents from the Great Pumpkin. So I used to wake up on Halloween morning and get presents like it was Easter. Okay, not, that's awesome. Not quite as much, but candy and stuff from the Great Pumpkin. Just,
0: just little things. That, that's pretty cool. I like that.
1: Steam. Yeah, isn't it? It could be a steam pumpkin. Lucky. A steam pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steam pumpkin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> steam pump pumpkin.
1: Actually, a friend, <laughs> of, my, a friend of mine makes those. Uh, he, he actually makes a lot of s- pumpkin stuff. Uh, for Halloween, and uh, every time I catch him, and usually it's down at uh, Second Friday, which I'll, I'm actually going to be going to next week. Cause nice, it's been a while since I've been down there. Uh, he actually has a little magnet, so you put the pumpkin on your shoulder, and the magnet holds it in place. And then you turn the little switch, and he lights up. like light, eyes go red, blue, That's cool. green. It's really sweet.
2: That is pretty neat. So I, I want one.
1: Yeah, they were like I don't know, 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Did not get a discount. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that that's fine. All right, so game on Expo. Uh,
0: I know it's been a little bit little while since we've actually sat down and been able to talk about it. But uh,
1: what, what do you guys uh, what do you guys remember from it? I remember that I was conscious <laughs> through most <laughs> of it, and it was uh, it was quite exciting actually. I had never really spent a whole lot of time in the Mesa Community Con- uh, Convention Center, um, but uh, it's uh, it was definitely interesting. It, it was kind of surreal for me because
0: uh, I used to start going to Phoenix Comic Con back when it was at the Mesa Convention Center. So it was kind of like a like a throwback to the old days where, you know, it was tight quarters. Like I could actually like pinpoint the spot where I saw um, the guy that plays uh, Chewbacca. I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. Uh, Peter Mayhew. Yes, Mayhew. Uh, Mayhew. I, I, he
1: does stand out a bit too. Yeah, he
0: does stand out. <laughs> and I, I remember like walking in, I'm like, that's where I met him the very first time I ever encountered him and he stood up and i'm like wow you're, you're you're so old and yet you're so tall how do you do that that's i always awesome. thought you shrink when you get older <laughs> i thought so too no it, it seemed like he actually grew taller
3: uh, that's, not, <laughs> that's not
1: good
0: but uh but yeah i mean the uh couple of the different panels that that i went to were uh, very interesting uh actually got to do a couple of interviews with some voiceover actors which uh is a kind of a new passion project of mine.
1: Uh, it seemed to be a dream come true for you too. Because, yeah, uh, You had a lot of favorites there. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely a lot uh, from uh, Master Chief and Cortana from the Halo series, uh, Reinhardt from Overwatch, uh, part of Blizzard. Um, so that 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 kind of
1: it definitely made me fanboy out a little bit. Did you see that he actually just released a new voiceover that he was doing Final yeah. Fantasy? What is it, four <laughs> hundred? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's like Final Fantasy. Like, I, I
0: can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's, it's, it's out there. It's like he just uh, announced it. Like for all, the, all the voice actors together announced it, and it was awesome. Like i I'm not a Final Fantasy fan personally, but because of uh, Darren DePaul, I'm, I might actually pick
1: this up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just to hear it. Yeah. Well, I, I saw the trailers. They were I
2: personally cool. had a great time. I, um, But I was a little bit more intri- into uh, the video game part of it and mm-hmm. um, and uh, the musicians. They and had so a so awful I did room. a couple of interviews with the musicians, and um, we. P- I played some of my favorite games. I really loved some of the cool demo games they had set up there that you could play. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, just trying a bunch of different things. And, you know, to be honest, though, I sat and played pinball for a good amount of time.
0: My fiance <laughs> did the same thing. Brie, Brie loves pinball. She's like, we got to get a pinball machine. She oh, a- that's great, isn't it? <laughs> she actually she actually uh, broke one of the pinball machines. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering. On. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she, she apparently, something happened. She had the ball just right, and it bounced around and actually wedged itself between the glass and, like, the uh, the bottom part of the actual screen. Or like like the, the bottom part of the play, play board, it actually jumped off the board.
2: Weird. And just
0: wedged itself.
2: Do you remember which one it was?
0: Uh I think it was the Star Wars one.
2: Yeah, they had Star Wars yeah. one and they had a KISS one, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I played I played the KISS one. it actually broke
1: down on me like twice. Oh <laughs> that's all right. I guess I got pretty
2: lucky. I played for a while, I didn't have any issues. Mm.
1: I didn't have time. <laughs> Between all the running around from the interviews, the photos. Yeah. There was just no time for me to get there.
2: And I also got to, you know, interview. Four different um, music groups or independent artists type, uh, very interesting game type music. I absolutely.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna actually talk about that, uh, Dungeon Destroyer and uh, Troitini on the Rocks for this one.
2: Oh, that's awesome! So. Yeah,
0: I love that name, Dratini on the Rocks.
1: They that's are great. pretty cool. And they you are get, super, and cool. you get to see yeah. them again tonight uh, this weekend yeah. if you actually catch up with them. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm you actually to, should yeah. try
2: like make a point of it because. They're super talented group of kids. I mean, just uh, this amazing guitar stringing, finger picking,
3: perfect, finger picking.
2: yeah, very kind of jazz. I I almost Pick. wanted to say flamenco, that was my own word for I, it. It's I could kind see of that. got a flamenco style to it.
1: I I just call it jazz. It was um, jazzy,
2: but yeah, the very it had a lot of flamenco. They use flamenco technique in their in their hand movements and whatnot. And just badass they were badass they were <laughs> awesome they had a good
1: sound that's definitely for sure all right <laughs> i definitely enjoyed it so uh you did have the opportunity to start off your uh your uh, uh, interviews basically with uh steve
0: and jen really yeah you? steve and jen the voice of uh, master chief and cortana from halo uh that was actually i, I grew up playing the halo series and uh, to actually be sitting in a room with them uh you know pe- people that i've I never in my entire life thought I would ever actually get to meet or listen to with my own ears. You know, it it just, it kind of brought me back to that time where I picked up the game. I put it in for the first time and actually played it. And it was kind of cool. I I kind of rubbed it in one of my friend's faces. who's like a huge halo nerd. He actually has like the, he actually bought like a $500 suit of armor for the, like the halo armor from the game. And uh, I sent him a message. I was like, dude, You'll never believe who I, just, uh, who I just interviewed. He's like, who? Master Chief in Cortana. <laughs> he hasn't talked to me since. <laughs> oh, that's jealousy there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of cool. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I kind of, it, it kind of started a turning point for me. I actually kind of want to go into the whole voice acting thing now. And uh, it kind of, kind of started with these two.
2: Hook me up. I'm interested.
0: Oh
1: yeah, definitely. I think we're all a little bit dabbling in it now because <laughs> there are, there are so, many, uh, so many times I'm sitting at the house and I'm just going, "Wow, well, what kind of voices can I come up with now?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and
0: it, it was pretty great too because uh, before I actually got to interview them, uh, we I sat in on uh, one of their, uh, one of their panels with uh, Steve, Jen, and uh, and Darren, Darren DePaul. Um, they were just talking you know how they how they got their start in the business and the the different you know drawbacks the different uh, things that they had to endure to actually you know be in the voiceover uh, voiceover
1: business and I kind of talked talked with him a little bit about it too during the interview. It was interesting also because they one thing that kept going over is uh, if you want to get into the business, you really need to act 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 Mm because it's it is voice acting yeah so you know it's just not simply i'm going to read this script and this is what i'm going to go by you physically have to be that character you have to really get into it and both of them uh well at least two of them had uh uh, stage experience from like a broadway or off broadway Mm -hmm. type plays yeah jen Jen
0: and darren kind of like grew up in the theater uh which which i mean i think is really cool in and of itself i mean i've done theater you know in in my past as well and it's you know just
1: something i i can see i can see why you would need it of course you've also done the rocky horror picture show which yeah is, <laughs> which, which which is a different type of it's theater. a different type of theater yes very much different <laughs> that, that that's that's what you call overacting <laughs> very flamboyant
0: oh yeah but uh i guess we'll go ahead and uh we'll play that uh all right, we are back on the floor at uh, Game On Expo, of course, in Mesa, Arizona. I'm uh, I am Jared for Con Air Radio, and I'm actually kind of fanning, fanboying out right now because I'm sitting with uh, two of my favorite voice actors, uh, Master Chief and Cortana, of course, Steve Downs and Jen Taylor. How are you guys doing today? Great, Jared. How are you doing, man? Good to be here. Oh, I'm I'm doing just fine. How about you, Jen?
4: Yeah, I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you.
0: So, um. First and foremost, we just want, want to say thank you just for coming out to uh, to the desert heat and uh, braving it out here. Uh, we know it's a li- little, little bit different from where you guys are from. A little so. bit.
3: A little yeah, bit. Tiny so. bit. Tiny bit different.
0: Um, all right, so I uh, just got a couple couple of questions for uh, for both of you, of course. Um, how long have, uh, have you guys been doing voice acting? Uh, we'll start with Steve.
5: Uh, I started voice acting in... 80s, I suppose, doing mostly commercial voiceover. I'm, I'm a, a radio DJ by trade, and that that's, was really the beginning of my career, and then I uh, got into voice acting uh, when I moved to LA. And so yeah, somewhere in the mid-80s I uh, started, and, uh, and I've been doing it ever since.
4: I started doing voiceovers right out of college. I studied theater, and it was a way I was hoping to pay for my theater addiction.
0: So so you've you've done theater in the past. Do you like do you like doing theater work or voice acting better?
4: Well, I still do theater. Um, I love them both. They're completely different. So it's a fun challenge to do both of them.
5: Steve, have you been involved in uh, theater work at all? Nobody would have me on stage. Aww, it's not,
4: that's not well, I, I've
5: done a couple of, uh, my wife is a theater actress, and uh, we did one sort of reading together, like a radio play. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun, actually, but but uh, I, I really don't have any training for it. She keeps you know wanting me to Try it, and I'm you know, I'm too long in the tooth, an old dog, new tricks. You know that they, kind of thing. You know.
0: Well, uh, Steve, uh, we know pretty much Master Chief. You've been doing that for a while. Um, how did you actually fall into into being the chief?
5: Well, falling into it's probably the correct way to put it. Uh, it it's funny. It's the biggest gig of my career, and it's the only one uh, that I never auditioned for. Uh, Bungie at the time of Halo Combat Evolved was based in Chicago. I was on the air in Chicago. Uh, Marty O'Donnell, who did the voice casting and all the music, uh, used to listen to me on the radio and thought that I might be a good a good read for Master Chief. And so, you know, I never auditioned for it. He just called me in, and I'd actually done a small role in a in a previous game a game called uh, Septero Core, which I highly recommend nobody get. But uh, it, 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 it was a small role, and then about a year later he called me back and said, we're, we're do, doing this thing called Halo. We'd like you to do the Master Chief character, and that's how that started. So, uh,
0: so Jen, what was, what was actually your first uh, voiceover role that... Uh, I guess your first one, and I guess also your most memorable.
4: My first voiceover role, I went in and started working for... Excuse me. Um, A company called Kidstar Radio, and they had all of the they had in-house radio um, gigs that they did, in-house commercials that they did. So I did an in-house commercial for them, and I don't think they ever paid me for it. Mm. Yeah, they were gonna pay me twenty-five dollars, and I don't think I ever got paid for that one. Um, And I played a mom or um, trying to get her kids out of the car or something like that that was my first spot my I do a lot of commercial work actually that's a big part of what I do my most memorable well I mean Cortana is you know one of the most memorable for me and and the most exciting and fun because I get to keep coming back or I have been able you know to keep coming back to her and to expand on her so that's probably my favorite um I, the memorable ones are always the experiences that are really bad usually for me yeah, you know like right. oh i hope i never have to work with that yeah, person again I'll never forget that. and then luckily i don't have many of those
0: well that that's good i know uh I, one of my favorite games growing up was was halo and uh it's just two two of the voices that i that have always stuck in my head of course is master chief and cortana because it just seems like they are everyday people you now um and it's you know again just it's an honor to be sitting here with both of you. Thank you um do you guys have any uh any upcoming projects that uh that you can talk about i know the whole thing about contracts and whatnot but uh I- I- if you do have anything you want to talk about uh, now i guess now's the time to do it
4: <laughs> <laughs> um you know the, the things that i do have coming up i can't talk about yet so uh, but i'm doing lots of theater if you're in seattle come see me in to play yeah.
5: Yeah. Colorado Springs
4: and Colorado, Springs. Colorado Springs. will be doing a play in Colorado Springs in a- April, May.
0: I know you were you were talking about the uh, the play you're, you got upcoming uh, in the in the panel that you guys just did, and uh, I, I love that story. Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've actually I've actually heard of it before, and it's just one of those. It, it, it's very interesting. I know you, you said you uh, you cry pretty much every scene that you're <laughs> out there.
4: I do. Dangerous Liaisons. I cry in every scene I'm in.
5: She's a great crier. <laughs>
4: one of
6: the best. I see. Right.
5: Right. and uh, Steve, do you have anything coming up? Uh, again, uh, nothing that I can discuss, uh, but I do have an ongoing uh, radio series that's uh, syndicated all over the world called The Classics. It's a two-hour sort of classic rock retrospective uh, type show, and that's uh, if you're in a market that it's aired. Uh, it's, it's aired on about uh, 60 or 70 stations in the States and then overseas, and so that's a continuing.
4: Overseas, even? Yeah. Are uh, you a big star overseas?
5: A, you, you have no idea. <laughs> Huge, as someone once said. You're, you're the uh, the Dave, David Hasselhoff of gaming world, yeah, right? That, that's me, uh, yeah, without the drunken scene. Yeah. That's, of
0: course, of course.
5: Um, that I know of, anyway.
0: Now, um, I, I, I'm personally, I want to get into voice acting. That's something that uh, I've, I've always been looking into. I've, I've been a part of uh, actor, I've been an actor, theater, doing all that type of stuff, and... Um, one thing that I know is is a big roadblock for for some people is location 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 uh, would you say you know is, is l a the best place to go for voice acting work?
4: It depends on what you want to do if you want to do video games then yeah um, but the thing is is that I have found is that as a as a voiceover actor, I do everything I do commercials i do um, Tutorials, online tutorials. I do video. I, mean, I narrate videos, whatever, and I do video games. So it depends on what you want to do. If you have a focus, but yeah, LA has got a lot more work than most, and, and New York. But I, apparently, we learned New York doesn't have video game many yeah, video games. Right.
5: Yeah, and you know, and you know, <laughs> video games, animation. You got to be in, in LA, even though technically it's not necessary anymore. I mean, I uh, we both have uh, in home studios and. You can really do anything from the house, but...
4: They want uh,
2: you to be there.
5: They, you know, especially for animation, they they like you to be there, so L.A. is the place to be. But beyond that, you know, for commercial uh, acting, um, I'd still say the big cities, you know, is where you're going to find the most work. That's where you're going to find ad agencies and production houses and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you really want to make a career out of it, uh, I think it helps to be in in the larger markets. yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the biggest
0: advice, biggest piece of advice that you can uh, that you can give anybody who's looking to become a voice actor or even just an actor in general? Uh, we'll start with you, Steve?
5: Well, uh, you're on the right track already because uh, really uh, acting classes, not, not necessarily voice classes, uh, but acting classes because it teaches you to get the words that you're reading off the page. Uh, and I would always say acting classes, improv classes, anything like that that really helps you to understand. Uh, not the mechanics of your voice as much as the emotion of it and how to be able to pull those words off a page and and make somebody believe what you're saying.
4: Also, uh, listen to what is exciting to you and and to people who are successful in the voiceover world. Listen to video games and try to mimic those people. Listen, If you want to do commercials, listen to the commercials and, and try to figure out what they're doing and truly mimic them. So that you can then once you have that down, you can start to create your own voice. I the reason I was cast um, as Princess Peach back in the day in 1999 or whenever that was was because I could mimic Princess Peach. I could mimic the one who did it the woman who did it before me. So those things can really help and it gives you an idea of what people are looking for I think.
0: And how's your experience been uh, out? among your fans at the different cons that you guys have been to, I mean, is, has it been pretty much positive uh, around the gambit? Or you know, ha- have you had any, uh, any, I guess, memorable experiences uh, as we were talking about before?
4: I have to say we've had 100% fabulous, positive experiences when we come to cons. Everybody is so wonderful and excited to be there and happy to talk to us. And <laughs> so it's been great. It's been really
5: wonderful. I can't think of a negative experience that I've, that I've had at a con. Um, you know, it took me a while when I first started going to conventions as to what all the hubbub was about because, you know, we're voice actors. We're not, you know, if somebody goes to see, you know, uh, Christian Bale, they're they're seeing Batman in front of them. Uh, with us, uh, you know, we're just, you know, all it's just the voice. But it, it so it took me a while to understand what the connection what the personal connection was between the fan and and the voice actor and once I sort of understood what that was all about uh, you, you know it made it it made it uh, more real for me and, 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 and you know e- easier to, to sort of bond with with the people you were meeting
0: well, one thing that I like to ask of voice actors is say something in character that your character would never say I know, I know this is kind of Kind of a difficult one. But.
4: I want to eat a hamburger.
0: Paper or plastic? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines that you did in the past. <laughs> All right. Well, um, once again, you know, thank thank you for doing this for us here at Conair Radio and coming out. Um, now, of course, I always like to give uh, give give you time to go ahead and plug where we can find you uh, online, where you're going to be next, and uh, and whatnot.
4: I'm, I don't know where you can find me online. I, I'm I'm on Twitter, Jen Taylortown, um, on Twitter. That's
5: me. Uh, Steve Downs 117 uh, on uh, Twitter, and uh, there's a Facebook page out there with with, with me on it. And I'd, and I'd love for people to follow us, and uh, and it's a way for us to keep in touch with the fans. So, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Once again, uh, thank you so much, and thank you for making that you know, kind of have me uh, scratch something off my bucket list now. <laughs> uh, but once again, for uh, for Con Air Radio, this is Jared. I was with, uh, of course, Steve, uh, Steve Downs and Jen Taylor, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time here on Con
1: Air Radio. All right, so Amy, you got the opportunity to uh, uh, interview uh, a young gentleman named Dungeon Destroyer.
2: Dungeon Destroyer, yeah, he was a... Uh... Really interesting. I actually got a chance to listen to him play as well before we did the interview. Um, Really cool, interesting music that you could, I could almost feel like I could hear it maybe in the background of a movie or, of course, a video game. Uh, Cool sound. Really unique, different. uh, It's hard to explain or put into words, I guess. Um, Very melodic. I guess that's a good word for it.
1: Yeah, I, unfortunately, I was not able to catch the music at that time because I was doing another interview at the time. But um, mm. it was—I it, could hear it through the walls, <laughs> so you know, we could definitely hear some of it, but uh, not all of it. So, uh, how is he as an individual? You know, did you get a, a vibe off of him?
2: He was a real mellow, laid-back guy. He just seemed like. You know, almost like the, the music, the whole thing, the energy that comes from the music was kind of the same kind of energy that came from the person that and I could feel—just this chill, kind of awesome, cool dude. I, you'd have to actually listen to it uh, to understand him and hear the interview. He—he just—he was just very relaxed, peaceful kind of person with a very relaxed kind of vibe and. And s- the music was very similar.
1: He definitely seemed to be a little bit, uh, a little shy in your interview, also. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, he did seem a little shy. So, but, um, but you know that's understandable. A lot of musicians are well, he's very. Young. He's young too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's that's true too. But a lot of musicians are are very. They don't. They're not as extro- extroverted as as your typical cosplayer. That's for sure. Musicians <laughs> tend to be a little bit more within themselves and. A lot of times, I find that when the shyer or the more withdrawn the musicians, sometimes that most beautiful music.
1: They're, they seem to be the more creative in many cases. Yes. They, yeah.
0: They, they tend to use their music to be the extrovert. That's side their of expression. Them. Yeah. This song is
1: it's talking beautiful. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: So I guess we should uh, go Let's ahead give it a listen, yeah. yeah. let's give it a listen. All right. Awesome.
2: All right, this is Amy Hanson. I am here at Game Expo talking to Dungeon Destroyer. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, yes you are. <laughs> so what is your name and your information about Dungeon Destroyer? Uh, Dungeon Destroyer is just
7: a name I came up with watching Conan the Destroyer and playing a lot of RPGs. That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> cool.
2: And what's your real name?
7: Uh, I don't mind about us. Oh, my real name is Shawnee.
2: Cool, cool. All right, so tell us a little bit about your music. Like, what is the genre that you would say it is? Uh,
7: A lot of anime and video game soundtracks is what I use to sample, a lot of jazz, and then turn them, flip them into little loops and beats, and voila. What kind of equipment
2: do you use to do that?
7: I use uh, Roland SP-404, anything with a red and white cable, and a Novation base Station 2.
2: Oh, wow, that's interesting. So what's the inspiration for this?
7: Uh, Lots of anime. A lot, a lot of anime. (laughs) Really? Uh, yes, a lot of new jobs from Samurai Champloo, uh, the seatbelts from Cowboy Bebop, very influential on me. Yeah.
2: What? So Cowboy Bebop's one of your favorites. What's your favorite to watch?
7: Oh, gee. I'd say my favorite anime of all time would be Coolie Coolie. Yeah. They have six episodes, sporadic. Just my attention span. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And what about uh, right now? Anything new that you're watching?
7: Uh, not really, I'm kind of caught up in trying to get cassettes released right now, so I don't have a lot of time to watch anime at the moment, so I wish I would have, but...
2: So you spent some time in the studio, or did you record at home, or how'd you...
7: Yeah, a lot of bedroom producing, and then go out and hang out with other people who have the same equipment, or better equipment, and we just work together and collaborate on everything.
2: Alright, so hopefully we'll get one of your tracks and be able to play it on the radio station. Um if so, what track might you share with us, and could you tell us a little bit about it?
7: Um, I'll probably share Fried Tofu with y'all. Fred okay. Tofu's delicious.
2: <laughs> it is right. So tell us about the song, like what the song, what the inspiration is, or any story uh, behind it.
7: The story behind it was going out into Oceanside, California, and uh, eating some Korean BBQ and tofu, and not knowing how we got back, but we made it, you know. <laughs> right. <So> yeah. <laughs> wow,
2: well, that sounds that's pretty interesting. Okay, so tell us um, where we can find your music exactly, and uh, if you have any performances coming up.
7: Uh, September 2nd at Valley Bar and SoundCloud.com slash Dungeon Destroyer, which is uh, Y-A-H at the end. <laughs> All right,
2: cool. Hopefully, we'll uh, see you there September 2nd at Valley Bar. Cool, cool. All right, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right, so I, the other cool thing is, is you got an opportunity to uh, do an interview with Courtney. Um, was it Courtney Lay? Co- yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Courtney Lay Creations. She does uh, cosplaying costumes for a lot of people. Like, she's been creating uh, a lot of different characters, uh, a lot of different costumes for. Existing characters, of course, uh, for other people. Like she started just by herself, Mm -hmm. um, just to for herself to cosplay, and then other people loved her work, so they started commissioning her to uh, to do costumes for them. And she actually does business. You know, she's so lucky. She is. She actually she came out uh, definitely on top
1: on on this one. Um, I've known people who've so been trying cool. to do that, and that would be hard, I would think, because you would have to have that f- person's full measurements to how to get this how to get this person to fit into this costume. And well, yeah, I mean that that's that's one of the biggest. It's uh, a
0: biggest tedious things. job. You got to spend
2: a lot of time doing it.
0: And well, I mean, like uh, my my fiance, you know, she's done uh, a couple of different uh, costumes and whatnot, and even like she, I saw her make uh, her jiggly, pop star Jigglypuff, uh, very sparkly by the very, way very sparkly but she's making it completely from scratch like she actually made her own pattern she didn't like buy a pattern for it she's making it all herself
2: oh that's so cool
0: Yeah, and I don't
2: have that gift at all but some well, women and some men too yeah. just have this awesome gift to be able to do that
0: yeah and then literally just to visualize what it's going to look like at the end and just to see like how it progresses
1: to it what well, kind of falls into that fusion thing because it really it's not a something that really exists. Mm-hmm. It's something that you're going, This is what I want to do, but I wanna do it with a twist. Yeah. Gotta definitely. have that twist. So <laughs>
0: um but yeah and and she's she's great. uh Oh. sorry about that. Uh everybody's got the coughs this week. Yep. <coughs> but yeah, she's um definitely great. She uh of course she's online and uh in the in the interview we actually uh I let her plug uh, her website and all that, and where you can find her online. So definitely, she's definitely one to check out. And uh, with this one, we've already released it on uh, YouTube.
1: Yes, we have mm-hmm. it on the YouTube channel, uh, Con Air Radio, um, mm-hmm. that you can actually see the interview with her.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that was. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. We can we can do that too.
1: Yeah, we can we can yeah. definitely so, enjoy that.
3: Yeah.
0: So uh, go ahead and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy listening to me and Courtney. All right, we're back with Con Air Radio. My name, of course, is Jared Bernal, one of the co-hosts of Con Air Radio, and I'm actually live on the floor at Game On Expo, and I'm actually here with a very special guest, Courtney Lee. Hi, Courtney. Hi, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself?
8: So tired, but it's so worth it.
0: Definitely. Um, so how's, how's the expo been for you this, uh, this weekend?
8: It's definitely hectic. Um, I'm in charge of a lot more this year than I was last year, so I'm kind of seeing the organization side of a convention, which I've dabbled in before, but nothing quite like this, so there's a lot going on, and uh, I just got through my busiest day today, so I'm really happy, and tonight I can go back to sleep and get like a full six hours, and I'm just super excited about it.
0: I, I I know how that goes. I, it must be tiring, actually, like helping out to run. A, even though it's a smaller convention, just a, a a nice convention like this.
8: It definitely it it takes a lot of energy, but it, it's it's worth it because I'm I'm in charge of the cosplay area of it, and cosplay has been my life for about six years now. And so, being able to integrate myself into this portion of a convention rather than just kind of sitting on the con floor in costume is very interesting. I'm getting to know a lot of people and. I really like it, so it's worth the fatigue.
0: <laughs> so, so you're you're into the, cos- the cosplay. You've been, you know, six six years into it. How how did you come about starting your cosplay career?
8: Um, I started cosplay. I actually started my business as an art business, a fantasy art business called Courtney Lee Creations. Um, and somebody asked me if I'd ever done cosplay before, and I had no idea what it was. So I just kind of for a premiere of a movie. That I a movie that shall not be named in 2010. We made costumes thinking that this movie would be really good, and the movie was horrible. But the fans that went to see this movie were amazing, and we got a lot of attention with the costumes and got to know a lot of people that were into the same things. And that kind of jump started me into cosplay. And then uh, my sister, I was jobless at the time. Long story college degree that didn't go the way I wanted it to when I came back to Arizona so I was jobless I couldn't find any work so I was depressed at the same time my sister was like put a costume online see what happens and I put it online and next thing I knew I, I think my first order was from Canada somebody messaged me on cosplay.com and was like hey can you make this costume for me and I was like uh yeah so <laughs> I mean I did go to college for costuming and fashion so I technically knew how to do it but it was my first time ever doing it for somebody else wow. and ever since then uh in the six years that I've been doing it it became a full-time business about three years ago where I could support myself completely.
0: Wow that's actually, that's pretty cool that, that you actually got to got to sell costumes for other people I, I like that that's actually something that uh, uh, I know my my fiancee she, she's a seamstress and that's something I, I've been trying to get her to uh to get into as well. Yeah.
8: It's definitely scary because making costumes for other people, there's always the chance of making it the wrong size. And the bigger I grow, the more I get exposed to, um, you know, different sides of people. There are always going to be those people that are like, this is not the wrong size or this is not the right size. Um, you better fix it. And, you know, they get angry and you have to keep your cool and you have to keep calm and find that peace and um, just keep going. And it's it's worth being my own boss, to be honest, and um, I think since 2010, I've made, I'm approaching the thousand mark, a thousand costumes in six years. A
0: thousand costumes?
8: That is off my online shop only, that doesn't include Haunted Attractions, which I have done costumes for three years at Fear Farm, and also theater design.
0: I love Fear Farm. I've, I, I've, I actually have a, a friend, uh, Chris. Uh, the ex-Chris? Yeah, FX yeah, Chris. He's was, he's actually a good friend of mine. Yeah, so.
8: he made uh, that creepy headcast that I have under my booth today. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, so, so you've made over a th- almost a thousand costumes. How many costumes for yourself personally?
8: For myself, oh, man, probably about fifty. For myself. Um, I used to do very quick costumes. I used to do, like, you know, four costumes a month for myself. I have costume ADD where I'm like, I want to make this costume, but I also want to make this costume. So I'm just going to do half of all these costumes, and then eventually I'll finish one. So I've made quite a few costumes for myself. Um, I'm slowing down a little bit now that I'm older and I'm my business is full-time. Um, so I don't make quite as many for myself anymore, but I still, you know... I still do... I'm doing more elaborate things now over m- longer periods of time.
0: Nice, nice. So, out of out of the cosplays, either for yourself or that you made for somebody else, what's your favorite cosplay? I, I, I guess for, for both. Well, what's, what's your favorite cosplay for yourself and your favorite cosplay that you worked on for somebody
3: else?
8: Um, for myself, I think it would have to be my Dranai from World of Warcraft. Uh, it was an original concept um, from the World of Warcraft and... It was, it's what pushed me. I always worked with fabric. That's, I mean, I went to school for fabric. I went to school for sewing. Armor was something I hadn't done before, but that was a full suit of armor. It was everything. It was pauldrons. It was horns. It was gauntlets. It was greaves. It was everything. My entire body is covered in armor. Um, And also, I was walking on hooves, which was really awesome, and I couldn't believe that I actually made them functional.
0: Uh, Definitely a different experience with that.
8: It's on my banner out there, and people always ask me how that costume is, and that costume is the worst to wear. I love it, and I love being in it for about 15 minutes at a time.
0: It's made to look pretty, not to be completely functional.
8: Yeah, I always need a handler. I always end up getting overheated or dehydrated or exhausted somehow because the costume is just head-to-toe foam, which doesn't breathe. And plus, I'm exerting the energy to walk correctly on my stilts. So, but that costume opened up new doors for me. I was like, oh, I can do armor. I'm going to start doing armor now. So that, you know, it, it threw me into another section of cosplay and kind of pushed my creativity to another level. So that's my favorite costume for me. For somebody else, oh, man, there's so many... There's so many. Um,
0: it's always hard to pick.
8: You know what? It was an original design that I did for Fear Farm. Um, one of my makeup... I was, I've was. been the head of the makeup department at Fear Farm for about three years now. Um, this is actually the first year that I won't go back. So uh, it's been six years, and I'm not going back to Fear Farm, um, which is bittersweet in, for me for a lot of reasons. Um, but... One of the makeup girls was also an actress um, in the courtyard at Fear Farm. She was a doll who had a split personality.
0: I remember her.
8: Do you? I,
3: the,
8: she had a, like half a gnarly dress. Yeah, I designed that.
0: She, she, uh, she scared one of my friends. We, <laughs> went, we went as a group and like... Does the creep laugh? Does the creep laugh. She, my friend literally almost ran completely out of the park <laughs> when she saw this one.
8: That was probably one of the best moments of her entire job there. But yeah, her dress, um, we designed the character together. We designed the makeup together and the dress. And um, that was another costume that pushed me to do things I'd never done before. Um, the entire half of the dress that's um, gross and like looks like meat was latex and foam and a paint job that I had never really done before. And I was really, really happy with it. And I was like, oh, hey, I can make a dress that looks like hanging meat. And so that's probably the best thing I've done for somebody else.
0: Nice. So, doing all this cosplay, learning all the techniques, knowing what you know now, what is your dream cosplay? The one that's been elusive to you until now.
8: Oh, I actually had... The, okay, there's a couple. Um, one of them is... Uh, are, do you know Resident Evil? I do, I do. Uh, Alexia from... What was it? Resident Evil... Uh, Code Veronica, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, she has this crazy... Most I don't even know if it's prosthetics or if I could do it with prosthetics or if I could do it with a bodysuit, but I've been wanting to do that for about three years now, and I had no idea how to do it. I was just like, I want to be a half-plant mutant evil thing. But I, I mean, now knowing what I know now, thinking about it, I could actually go back and do that, which... You know that just—I didn't even think about that until you asked me that question. So that,
0: that, that's what I try. I, I like to I like to inspire.
8: <laughs> so yeah, I've I've been wanting to do that one for a long time, and actually try and pull it off. Nice. So
0: <laughs> so we, we can we can see that sometime sometime in the future.
8: Hopefully, yeah.
0: So um, what what's the best piece of advice you can get you can give somebody who's just getting into cosplay? You know, they they really don't know where they're headed into. What what would you say to that person?
8: Well, cosplay has changed immensely in even just the six years that I've been doing it. Um, cosplay started out as a fun hobby for people, um, and now it's kind of turned into where a lot of people are actually trying to make a living off of it, so it's actually a little bit competitive, which I think scares a lot of people off nowadays if you're just getting into it, Um but what the advice I have for somebody just getting into it is ignore all of that. If you're trying to have fun, just have fun. Even if it's closet cosplay. Even if you pull a few shirts and you know a jacket out of your closet to cosplay somebody from a TV show, do it. And when somebody recognizes you and is fangirling or fanboying all over it, then that is the moment that you take home.
0: Yeah, my, my first cosplay that I ever did for Phoenix Comic Con was actually Silent Bob. And I actually had a trench coat, threw a hat on backwards, and I walked. Actually, it was it was right here at the Mesa Convention Center, and I got stopped by uh, hundreds of people. You know, just like Silent Bob, Silent Bob. You know, get, getting pictures. I yeah. and, and it was one of those things. I really didn't. I wasn't really thinking about. Yeah. You know, doing doing the cosplay, but it was just like I have this. Why not?
8: Yeah, so. and I mean cosplay again. It there are some cutthroat sections like there are groups of people who are very cutthroat about it they're very competitive um but the number one thing to remember is that cosplay is for you it's not for you you shouldn't be doing it to for somebody else or to gain somebody else's approval cosplay should make you feel good it should make you connect with people new friends all kind I mean you should you can challenge yourself making costumes but always bring something with you that is for you and not for other people
0: I like that. I like that. So do you have any upcoming projects? Uh, you know where where can we find you online and all all that fun stuff? this is this is your plug moment.
8: So I am making something. Um, I'm doing the uh, costumes from the Assassin's Creed movie. Um, I don't know if you've actually like looked at them, but this is I'm like stressed out of my mind, but also really excited because almost head to toe, it's hand beaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm making the beads because I couldn't find the beads. So I'm making a lot of the beads. So that's probably my biggest project right now that'll hopefully be done in november um and you can see progress pictures from that on courtneyleecreations.com um courtneyleecreations on facebook instagram i'm kind of all over the place
0: nice i, I actually I, I love assassin's creed it's i'm i'm actually gonna look looking forward to that i actually have a tattoo on my on my arm yeah, my so
8: has the, the assassin's creed logo under on his underarm area with the whole like Italian thing that I can't... He memorized it. I didn't memorize it.
0: <laughs> like, like, the, like the runes and all that yeah. around it.
8: And I think he has Ezio's face, like, portrait in the assassin. Yeah, he's got all kinds of crazy tattoos.
0: That, that's, that's pretty extreme. I just have the assassin symbol yeah. on my arm.
8: I have a dragon on my hip that I got way before Skyrim. But everyone thinks it's Skyrim. It looks like the Skyrim dragon. Um, but I came up with it first. And then I have uh, Ada Wong's butterfly from Resident Evil 4 on my shoulder.
0: That's pretty cool. I'm a That's subtle pretty. Subtle
3: cool.
8: so you know you have to be a real fan of like Resident Evil to know it's Ada Wong's butterfly.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that is that that is pretty extreme. But yeah. you know, everybody everybody has that one thing.
8: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so uh, thank you of, uh, again for giving us the time and letting us uh, interview you here. You know, for Con Air Radio. Thank you. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see you again uh, sometime down the line. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again.
8: Next
0: con, Tucson, Tucson maybe. Tucson, <laughs> Tucson Comic
8: Con. Keen Halloween. I think I'm going to Keen Halloween. It's the first time in six years I've been available for Halloween. I've been at Fear Farm for six years.
0: Well, I, yeah, we we want to we definitely want to get down to Keen Halloween yeah. too. So I, I think I'm going to wear my uh, my Snorlax Kigu for that one too.
8: Yeah, I, I have five nights at Freddy's, so we'll be Kigu buddies. <laughs>
0: we'll we'll, we'll, to, we'll totally have to hook up, get a couple of oh, get yeah. a couple of shots down there. Yeah. So. I, I was going to lay down in front of a couple doorways, but my, by, but everybody's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's it's a fire code hazard.
2: Oh, whatever. Just leap over you. It's fine. All
0: right. Well, uh, once again, thank you, and uh, we'll see you again. And again, from uh, Con Air Radio, this is Jared Bernal, and we'll catch you
1: again next time. So, Amy, you got the opportunity to do an interview uh, with a band called Gertini on the Rocks. Yes, very awesome band. I love their sound.
2: Yeah, they, they're just... Uh, so, you know, a lot of this weekend was a lot of electronic, really cool music. These guys were different. They, they had guitars. They had interesting guitars. They had a bass. Um, they had this little guitar. I don't know if it was a mandolin or no, not.
1: Th- that was the bass. Was it? Oh, was it? <laughs> he was on oh, the oh, bass. Wow. Oh, that's right. That's that right. Little, yeah. That little thing that looked like a ukulele yeah. was the bass. <laughs> oh, man,
2: it sounded so cool. Um, like,
1: a, like a traveling bass?
2: Before I actually <laughs> Physically interviewed them. It
1: could not them, been much bigger than that. Oh. I <laughs> did Seriously. get to see
2: them perform, but I also looked on YouTube and found some videos of them on YouTube that mm-hmm. were like uh, them in their house, you know, jamming in the kitchen what a cool group of guys to hang around. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> just, just hanging around playing and, and Zelda. And they do play a lot. <laughs>
1: they play a lot here in the valley. I, I have seen them post several places mm-hmm. that already that they yeah
2: I so could I'm see actually, a lot of places wanting them to play.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, at uh, Saboten Saboten Con, which is uh, this weekend. So, that, so, yeah, that's be good. the
2: Anime Con, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, and Anime Japanese culture.
2: They're playing there. What when?
0: Uh, I I want to say actually. On Saturday the third, so oh. I think I think, uh, tomorrow. I think tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah,
1: I, I do not remember they invited me there, but because uh, I actually won't be there. Jared will be there, and our in, yeah. you know, and I'll I'll, I'll totally get
0: some uh, get some pictures and post it up with the guys. Yeah, it would be some sweet. Dratini. They'll love it. They'll love it. Yeah, because I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to them when we were at Game On, but uh, from what I like I've looked them up online
1: on on YouTube and all that, and they it's a very interesting sound. Right. I can honestly say I was very impressed with them, so we will be seeing them again. Okay. Um, if yeah, if and I na- got the
2: in- opportunity to, to talk with most of them, and uh, actually individually, and I think, the, what, are there are five of them? Was there five of them?
1: Um, one, 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 two, three, four. Yes, there were. Yeah. The guitar mm-hmm. player, of course, was missing at the time when you did your interview, right. but uh, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everyone else was there, and you yeah, got he, got a he good was probably off playing Mario got Kart. Got a little somewhere, feedback somewhere, from everybody.
3: everybody. <laughs> yeah.
1: He was out gaming, maybe. <laughs> yes.
2: So here we go with that. Yeah.
0: So uh, And after this interview, well, it'll pretty much be uh, closed down. We're going to come back for uh, Game On Expo Part Part 2. two. So, oh, awesome. Bum. So enjoy the interview with uh, Dratini on the Rocks, and we'll see you guys next time.
2: Hi, this is Amy Hansen, and I'm here with Dratini at the Rocks at Game On Expo in Mesa, Arizona. We're going to have a little talk here with these guys. Can you tell us a little bit what you're about?
6: Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're a video game cover band, and uh, we have a big... We really like jazz, so we just try to, like, put the two things together. So, yeah, just a video game cover, j- cover band from Mesa, Arizona, or Tempe. So.
2: so, how long have you guys been playing mu- music?
6: Um, well, we, like, started to get, like, bigger, like, a bigger group. It was, like, three of us, and then it was four of us, and, like, it's pretty much, like, five of us now. Um, so, me... Uh, Justin who plays bass and my name is Matt, I play guitar. And then Raymond also plays guitar. We've been jamming for like a really long time since we we're like in high school. But we haven't oh, really cool. like done anything like coherent. We just like jammed and it's like, oh that was fun and that was it. And then we just like we wanted to do this for a long time, but we couldn't think of the name. It took us like two years to think of the name. And then once we actually came up with the name, then uh, we started like booking games and stuff like that, and first one was just, just, yeah.
2: Speaking of the name, what was the inspiration for that, and are you guys playing Pokemon?
3: <laughs>
6: um, yes, we are playing Pokemon Go. Um, I think all of us are. I don't, maybe not you. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're all playing it. But yeah, the, the reason we named the uh, band that way is we wanted something that kind of like sounded like we might be jazz um we had to, like we'd come through so much which is why it took us so long to do it um but we had a couple other ones uh there was there's a, there's a jazz standard called uh, darn that dream so we wanted to do like darn that dream cast and then uh, we had like two other ones it just had to be clever you know <laughs> it had to be a good mix so
7: like i mean you want to you want to know what it's about so i mean it's kind of corny but it's it's us and it's it's Pokemon, and it's, it's video games, but it's also uh, a little
2: sophisticated. <laughs> so. right. it, it quite is. Actually, uh, so how long have you guys been playing, and, I mean, what inspired you to start doing video games?
7: Uh, let's see. We've been playing seriously for a little over a year now, all over the place. bunch of different conventions, uh, little coffee shops and stuff. Uh, why video game music? I mean, it's just fun. And, uh, I mean, we, we're all dorks. We all love video games, so... It's all stuff we know really well. And then, um, you know, especially playing jazz, you just, you know, you, you jam a lot. And you come up with new ideas, and it's just fun to sit with, you know, four or five of your friends and just come up with stuff. So.
2: Right, right. Okay, so um, is there anything where we can find your music or um, website that we can go to to check it out?
6: Yeah, um, we have pretty much every single, like, social presence is like, available for us. We have, like, a Facebook, and you just look at Dratini on the Rocks. Same for Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I think that's it. Maybe Bandcamp, but well, we don't have anything so on there yet. So we're mostly on
2: Instagram. Right? Yeah. Mostly. Mostly on Instagram. So Dratini on the Rocks, Instagram. And uh, I think we'll probably play some of your music. Do you guys know? it? Will you be sending us a file? Or? Yeah, We can. We
6: can you want to
2: you want to tell me what it might be about? Um, or? It'll
6: probably be... We had a gig at a coffee shop in Tempe where we played a Donkey Kong tune. Um, oh, fun. Yeah, it's called Jungle Javes or Island Swing. So, yeah, we'll we'll have some of that stuff. Of here, yeah.
2: Cool. So, we'll I uh, looked on YouTube and saw a couple of you guys' videos. You guys seem to be doing a lot of videos where you're, like, at home or you go into... Record stores and use the guitars and sit there and jam out. Do you guys do that a lot? That seems pretty fun. That's
6: actually how we started. We were just messing around in Guitar Center and we're like, oh, hey, look, that's a Pokemon song. And then we performed like a 15 second of, uh, video of it put on Instagram. And then only like after we booked our first gig did we actually start writing full songs and putting things together. So, like our <laughs> tunes were literally 15 seconds, like nothing so more, <laughs> more than that. Oh, so we, that's all- but we had to. Right, like start doing gigs, we're like, we probably need to learn more than 15 seconds.
2: <laughs> so. I know some of them seem pretty short, but you know, it's the like video games, so you just gotta loop it like three more times.
6: Yeah. <laughs> we're to like get some stuff recorded. Emilio, who did an awesome job today playing sex, uh, he has a lot of good uh, uh, stuff for recording, so hopefully we'll get, we can get some stuff. On, uh, on
2: you guys want to tell me your names and what instrument it is you play?
6: I am Matt Young and I play guitar. I'm Justin Calhoun, I play bass. I'm
7: Emilio, I play saxophone. <laughs> and my name is Scott and I'm the drummer. Oh,
2: that's an instrument. <laughs> that is an instrument. All right, these guys are Dratini on the Rocks. Check them out and have a great day.
3: Here's Johnny. I see trees of green, red roses too, I see them blue for me and you, and I think to myself, Bullshit! What a wonderful world. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.